Here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Eddie Cohn here, host, creator of the show, and thrilled you're here today. A lot on my mind. I may begin the show a little differently today, and I know there's about 99 million podcasts at last count, so always appreciative that you have taken the time to be here today. Remember, if you enjoy the show, it's incredibly helpful if you share the show with your friends. Maybe give it a review on iTunes. You can support the show directly at patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. And of course, you know, I have a bunch of new music out on Spotify, iTunes, or eddiecohn.bandcamp.com. I'm going to get to a lot of info today, play some clips from some news clips, news items that I've, I've perused and, and has, they've been sent my way, whether it's through an algorithm or through friends, a lot that I've been listening to. However, I do want to begin the show today by thinking about this moment right now. And I've been really, it's, it's interesting. I know that I have this way of being very critical of our society being critical of the way we are being tricked, our values are being tricked by the news media, by social media. And I feel as though, it's funny, I just had a great conversation with Allie Owens on my show. That'll probably post later this week. She's a yoga teacher. And I posed a question to her, and I posed this a lot to to yoga teachers. And they sort of live in this world of non-judgment. Don't judge. Judgment is bad. But I I find that to be, first of all, unrealistic. And of course, I don't think we should be judging where, you know, we're judging based off somebody's skin color or, or judging before we know somebody or judging people before they've even uttered a word. But I do think we have sort of taken that anti-judgment stance too far. Like if we don't criticize, if we are not critical of people or of, of new technological devices or the way that we consume these devices or the way they can sort of completely usurp and change our values and the way we live our lives, if nobody is critical of Facebook, if nobody is critical of the president or Fauci or other political leaders or Fox or CNN, they are just going to get away and keep doing what they're doing. And I think they don't want us to think. They don't want us to stop and and be critical and and think about the world. They just want us to keep consuming, keep um, sort of becoming a zombie where we're not really being objective. And, And so I think it's very important for us to be aware, if we're not careful, we will be lost and sort of taken away from this moment. We will be taken away down rabbit holes that lead us ultimately to minutia, to fridge buzz, to useless information. And I think a lot of my show has been about trying to remind people about if you're not careful, social media, technology is going to take you down a path that is really taking you away from this moment, this moment of 
how lucky I am, how lucky you are. Of course, you may be listening to this. Maybe you have a cold. Maybe you're not feeling well. But I think we generally forget how lucky we are. And and I think I've resisted that temptation to talk about how lucky I am. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but it is something that I've really thought about a lot, thought about a lot the last couple years during the pandemic. Every morning, waking up, taking a deep breath, and just feeling alive, feeling the breath, being feeling so lucky that I can think that my brain functions at a high level, that I'm still curious, that my legs still work, that I can talk to you. I mean, think about right now how many reasons we have to be thankful. And I know, look, I get caught up and I get, dis- I get discouraged at how the news media and the media have pulled the strings and refabricated people's priorities. It frustrates me because it does affect all of our lives. You know, right now, I just just a couple hours ago, I'm driving down the street, looking to my right, and, and the drivers are staring down at their phone while they're driving. I mean, these technological devices, the news media, they have completely uprooted our lives. So it's easy to sort of forget how lucky we are. So it's sort of that balance of being critical, but also being exceedingly grateful. You know, I broke my ankle about a year ago. And I was, I was in a boot for a few months. I couldn't walk. Literally could not walk. Couldn't go down the stairs. I was holed up in my home upstairs for a couple months. So I go to the Santa Monica stairs yesterday, and it's this sort of outdoor, outdoor stairs area where people use it to exercise. It's pretty well known here in Santa Monica. And I was able to go up and down five, six times. You know, I'm still, my heart is in pretty good shape. I, I've been doing a lot of cardio the last, you know, six months, a lot of bike riding, a lot of swimming, but I was able to go up and down the stairs with no pain. Now today, my ankle, of course, is a little sore, but I just feel, I guess when you're not able to walk and then you're able to walk, I don't know, I've I've just felt immense gratitude. And I'm so frustrated by how the news media and the leaders of the world have, have changed our world drastically. I think they've reshaped our priorities because right now, in this moment, take a breath, move your hands, the idea that you can see right now, the idea that you can walk, that you can listen to me, that you can hear what I'm saying. We have forgotten about the other senses. Our, our country, our culture focuses so much on the eyes and what we can see, but there's just so much more going on that we are just forgetting, that we're taking for granted. So literally right now, think about five things that you are grateful for. 
So I said a couple years ago, you can't just mask people up and lock people in their homes. It feels like nobody's thinking about repercussions. It's easy for for wealthy politicians to say, you know, stay home for two weeks when they have their 401ks, their Roth IRAs, and, you know, they they are making $100,000, dollars $300,000 a year. It's just, I don't think leaders want to think about the repercussions of their mediocre decisions. You know, suicide is higher than it's ever been. Fentanyl overdoses is higher, is higher than it's ever been. Um, cancer patients were putting off treatments because of the lockdown. Kids are being forced home. Depression is on the rise. It's like at what point is the response worse than the cause? I want to first play a clip for you of Jordan Peterson on The Joe Rogan Show just don't understand how it gets to the point well, where thing, things get to terrible places one tiny step at a time you know if i encroach I, if i encroach on you and i'm sophisticated about it i'm going to encroach two millimeters i'm going to encroach right to the point where you start start to protest then i'm going to stop then i'm going to wait then you're going to calm down then i'm going to encroach again right to the point where you protest then i'm going to stop then i'm going to wait and i'm just going to do that forever and before you know it, you're going to be back three miles from where you started, and you'll have done it one step at a time. And then you'll go, oh, how'd I get here? And the answer was, well, I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone, and you agreed. And so then I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone again, and you agreed. And if anybody's interested in this sort of process, and this is a horrifying book, if you want to read about how this process works, you can read a book called Ordinary Men by Robert Browning. I think this apathetic world this addictive world is the perfect breeding ground for political leaders and technological leaders to manipulate and take advantage of our culture. And it's gotten to the point where I say this to myself, when is it going to end? Will it ever end? Have they found a new Pandora's box that allows leaders, pharmaceutical companies, technology companies to just reach their hand in and never, never let go. Keep titillating us with a little bit of dopamine. Keep scaring us. And it really, it does take us out of the moment. It takes us away from what we have to be thankful for. And it's quite destructive. It's quite dangerous. And of course, it's gotten to the point where depression, anxiety, is at an all-time high. And this comes from the New York Post. Kids growing up in the COVID-19 era are damaged. That's the name of the article. Kids are resilient. That's what we keep being told. That's what adults who have no qualms about destroying the childhoods of millions of American kids, tell themselves and us so that they can sleep at night. Parents around the country knew 
that the kids weren't all right, and they're not going to be all right. And now the data rolling in close to two years into this pandemic reflects that reality. The Surgeon General has released a rare public advisory about an emerging youth mental health crisis. In a 53-page report, we learned that symptoms of depression and anxiety have doubled during the pandemic, with 25% of youth experiencing depressive symptoms and 20% expressing, expressing anxiety. Think about how the average American child has lived over the course of the pandemic. Socialization was halted for a year and has only continued behind plexiglass, masks, and distance. Remember the excitement of snow days? Those days are gone. The Surgeon General also warned that conditions like ADHD are on the rise. Among teenage girls, suicide attempts are up a shocking 51%. We know the effects of social media and the internet on the mental health of developing girls, and then we force them to keep all of their socializing online for over a year. Is it any wonder they are attempting and in tragic circumstances succeeding in ending their own lives? And it's strange. I don't know if... Actually, I'm positive this is the reason why. I've dealt with health, health issues um, for a long time. I mean, recently, I, I want to say I've been lucky that I've, I've been in remission and my autoimmune condition has been in remission for years. But I take my health very seriously. And I can't help but think that... The powers to be, these billion-dollar pharmaceutical companies, these agenda-driven politicians, these control-hungry leaders are using data, nebulous statistics, um, even these death counts, which of course must be questioned. They're using all of this to promulgate a particular story, narrative, agenda to get the world to ultimately unfold a particular way. And it's sort of leaving all these other medical conditions, cancer, autoimmune conditions, uh, diabetes. It, it just feels like all these other health ailments just don't matter anymore. Let me, let me play a clip from the Ben Shapiro show, and, show, and then I'm going to play you a clip of Robin Roberts speaking to Selma Blair. First, uh, Ben. Back in September 2021, Sarah Napton wrote over at the UK Telegraph, quote, while focus remains firmly fixed on COVID-19, a second health crisis is quietly emerging in Britain. Since the beginning of July, there have been thousands of excess deaths not caused by coronavirus. According to health experts, this is highly unusual for the summer. Although excess deaths are expected during the winter, when cold weather and seasonal infections combine to put pressure on the NHS, summer sees a lull. But according to the Office for National Statistics, between July and August in Britain, there were 10,000 excess deaths in England and Wales. 48% of those were not caused by COVID-19. Why? Because people were having ischemic heart disease. 
People were having heart failure. People were not coming in for cancer. There, there, there was a massive increase in acute and chronic respiratory infection because people were not coming into the doctor to get diagnosed. And then there's the mental health problems that we are seeing that are now widespread thanks to the insanity of all of this. I bring this all up because we are being fooled by fake empathy. You can tell when people really care about you, can't you? Just the simple gestures of them looking at you in the eye, asking you questions when they ask you how you're doing. Can you tell or are you sort of oblivious to um, the warning signs that somebody is actually not paying attention or actually isn't empathetic? I, I think there's a slew of fake empathy being spread by the powers to be through the through the news media through this this word safety for the common good i just i it it all smells of of fake empathy it smells of they don't really care they they merely just care about themselves and they're trying to um they're, they're more concerned with addressing their own needs and concerns, as opposed to really having empathy towards you. And I bring all this up because, you know, for years, there, there have been all these, this multitude of, there have been a multitude of health ailments. And I don't need to list them all to you, but obviously our culture has been dealing with, with diabetes and cancer and health issues for years. And I just, I can't help but think that all this focus and attention we are ignoring children. We are ignoring people that are depressed, people that are living in isolation, people that um, may be living in abusive relationships. There's so much hyper-awareness towards one condition that they're not thinking about all these other areas that may affect their health. And I was really moved by an interview that Robin Roberts gave to Selma Blair who has MS. And I just, I can't help but think that people that have all these other health issues are being forgotten. Let me play this for you. This is from Masterclass, which I've been really enjoying. When we sat down for the interview, asking some people who didn't have to be there in the room, could they please go somewhere else so she felt it was more of a conversation that we were having than an interview and i listened to selma i let her tell her story and she was having great difficulty at that time being able to speak and i know it was i knew it was very important for her to get her message across how are you doing i am doing very well i am very happy to see you being able to just Put out what being in the middle of an aggressive form of multiple sclerosis is like. So my speech, as you'll notice, is uh, I have spasmodic dysphonia right now. You couldn't turn away because of her vulnerability, because of her strength and what she was saying. And I was grateful that I was able to give her a platform that I was able to make her comfortable to be able to, to share that 
And it was primarily because I listened to her. I, I followed up appropriately when she would say something, when I saw that she was sharing something so personal and, and something that she hadn't done before. So it was making the connection with her beforehand, showing her that I truly did care. Can, I just, I've always had this instinct where I can tell when people are really listening and when people or someone truly cares. And it's a rarity. It's truly a rarity too. And this is an indictment towards people in my life that they're bad people. But I think people are so caught up in their own, uh, you know, own minutia, their own day-to-day lives, their own drama, that it's more difficult now than ever for people to sort of put their shit away for a moment and truly listen and be there. And I think a lot of people's health issues, health ailments, and the struggles they are going through, ironically, I I feel like they are being forgotten, or, or unfortunately, they're being forgotten. There's been so much attention pointed towards one health ailment. And, and the government and the leaders, they want you to think that they care about you. But they, they truly only care about a very small percentage of people because it's sort of reinforcing their agenda, the end game, whatever they have in store. But I, I just, I smell this, this fake empathy going on. And, and, and do, you, do you sort of take notice to that? Can you tell when somebody is, is really out for themselves, isn't truly empathetic? I think it's really important to pay attention. Sort of back to my original theme of the show, being in the moment, not letting the moment be uprooted by the minutia, and also paying attention to those in your life that are truly listening. That are, that are truly empathetic. I'm trying to figure out how to correlate the Jesse Smollett story. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. I was listening to Ben Shapiro last week and he was, he was saying, Jussie Smollett. It was really funny. Uh, I'll just say Jesse Smollett. You know the story. He faked the hate crime. Um, he's an actor. I think this is what's so interesting to me. How does a successful actor who who is friends with the Obamas seem to have a, a great life, quote-unquote, seemed... end up getting to a place where they fake a hate crime or stage a hate crime and gets to the point where he's actually on television afterwards being interviewed by Robin Roberts. And she's asking questions about, you know, what happened and he's lying through his teeth about it. How, like, how do we get to a place where people are so unhappy that they're almost craving more and more attention? 
It, it almost felt like to me, like this is a guy who was so narcissistic, like despite the fact that he's on television, well-paid actor, that he's still unhappy and wants more. And I really believe that's why I've been so anti-social media, anti-Instagram, because I think it's creating, you know, those stories of like the Britney Spearses, and I think Justin Timberlake has sort of been the uh, um, one outlier who hasn't gone down that path. But all these, these sort of young children stars end up being miserable and depressed and have a really troubled life. And I think it's because it's a result of being thrust in front of the camera. And I don't think we, I don't think the vast majority of people can handle that attention, can handle being, uh, can handle fame. Uh, I think it's much more challenging to navigate than we can ever imagine. And strangely and oddly, I think um, social media is, is perpetuating and um, promulgating this, this world of people wanting more attention, more narcissists develop. And it's, it's like it's creating this, this unhappy world of Jussie Smollett's where despite the fact that you're on television, you're a paid actor, despite the fact you may have 10, 20, 50, 100,000 followers, you seem so happy. But in actuality, you're depressed. And I, I really feel like it's symbolic of those child stars, the Corey Hames, the Corey Feldmans, Dana Plato from Different Strokes, or maybe it was Dana Pluto, I forget. Uh, the woman from Dirty Dancing, I forget her name. All these, it's, it's strange. It's like it's the effect of being thrust in front of the camera. It's actually destroying human beings. So I want to end the show with this clip where this insane news reporter confronts Alec Baldwin. And it's not at Alec Baldwin's home. And then Alec Baldwin's wife is, is talking. And I'm going to play you this because I think it's a result of this world of technology being thrust into our faces every day. This is what happens. You have this evil news reporter who's trying to, you know, get under Alec Baldwin's skin. And then I, I've been reading about Alec and it feels like he has a lot of um, anger disorder tendencies. And, and I think it's because he doesn't know how to handle you know, all the, the fame and attention that he gets from being an actor. So listen to this, and then I'll let you go. Wait, Mr. Baldwin, I have to ask you, what brings you to New York City? I asked you to leave. Mr. Baldwin, why, who, who's, who's here? I asked you to go away. Please go away. Let photograph under somebody's private uh, home. This is not, this is not anyone's private Are you, this is not any, this is public property. Go away. Stop. Who's here? Did you really not pull the trigger? Do you believe it went off without you pulling the trigger? Was it a malfunction? <laughs> that right there, folks. 
sums up our society and our destruction of values, living in the moment, taking us out of the moment. You have an idiot reporter who's clearly being brewed and interrupting and invading Alec Baldwin's space. And then you have Alec Baldwin's, I think, wife, who it's, it's so bizarre. She has her phone up pointed at this man, and she's, she almost sounds like a, ro- a robot. I told you I want you to go away. Go away. Go away. And then you have Alec, who is in this state of rage, who starts to charge the man. And it's like, have we gotten to the point where it's obvious now that all these devices, this, this yearning for fame and attention, has completely uprooted our society and taken away our ability to truly value the moment and what's really important. You can just bring it all full circle. How are these devices and technological tendencies, um, the social media, the Hulu, the Netflix, how often is it taking you away from this moment, taking you away from being grateful that you can move, breathe, talk, listen? How often is it making us take for granted how incredible our lives are? I think we are getting distracted and our brains are going down these rabbit holes of information that just really isn't important. I've been last last point here. I did find a wonderful show, at least so far, on, on Netflix. I'm about three or four episodes in. It's called The Maid. And boy, that show, this show really, first of all, it's, it's acted very well, but it's also just reminding me about, I mean, she can barely pay for anything. Um, the character, the lead character, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's really this powerful show that really makes me feel lucky that I have what I have, that I don't have her problems. I certainly sympathize with her, the character, but... Um, just think it's really important to be reminded. Hopefully this episode will do that for you today. Remind you the power of the human spirit, the human body, and the beauty that comes from not being distracted by technology and the minutia of social media. Reminder, get out. Run, walk, ride your bike, meditate, be an active participant in today's society. I will leave you with that. As always, you know where to find me on social, Instagram at Eddie Cohn, in, uh, Twitter at Eddie Cohn, or also on Instagram at The Spiritual Spiral Podcast. New music at eddiecone.bandcamp.com. My book should be coming out in the next couple months. I am thrilled. I can't wait for you to for you to read this book. It's it's crazy. It's hysterical and insane and I just can't wait for you to read it. So, thank you so much to all of you for listening. 
supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.